Welcome to Valley Community Church. Our Sunday sermons are available online to help you grow in your Christian faith. Our messages are practical and applicable truths from the Bible for today's life challenges. And now, Senior Pastor David Schmaltz. Well, I want to preach this morning about the power of the tongue. The power of the tongue. I've been praying about this. You know, we, we finished up our sermon series on the book of Genesis. But every once in a while, I like to do this, probably a couple of times a year. I want to remind us about something in the scriptures that is so absolutely powerful that it, I, I guarantee you there's not going to be one of us in this room today that don't just kind of say, hmm, boy, I, I really needed this today. I really needed to remember what these, these truths are and how to apply them. So I want to talk about the power of the tongue and how to tame the tongue. So we're going to look at James chapter 3, 1 through 6. I'm going to read this, and then we're going to break it down in just a real practical teaching for you today. James 3, not many of you should presume to be teachers, my brothers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. If anyone is never at fault in what he says, he's a perfect man. Or woman, there's not one of us here in this room. And we're able to keep, and if we're able to do that, then we're able to keep uh, his whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are large and are driven by strong winds, They are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants it to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body, and it corrupts the whole person and sets the whole course of his life on fire and is itself set on fire by hell. So that's a pretty strong teaching, isn't it? Very strong. But it's one of those things that James reminds us that is really very practical. And what we need to see is that the tongue itself and our speech is such a powerful part of how we actually live our lives and how really um, we interact with our life around us, but also the impact it has in the days to come, the relationships we have. So this is really good. I'm going to jump right on in this and break it down. What, what are some of the things? So James, he teaches us that even though the tongue may be insignificant in its size and of the organs in the body, it really has incredible power. This is found in the Old Testament, as you'll see, and in the New Testament. So let's talk about some kinds of speech. And so, all, you know, so we're going to look at this kind of from a negative point at first. In other words, how does this hurt us? How does it set on fire and, and how does that little spark cause fires to break up in our, into our lives and our relationships? Let's look at that. So let's talk about some kinds of speech. And let's, you know, it's going to be a little uncomfortable, but let's let it sink in because that's what the Word of God is supposed to do. So number one, let's look at negative speech. What is negative speech? Complaining. Critical, having a critical spirit. And really, when you complain a lot, what happens when you're directing yourself into negativity, a lot of times you can develop what is called a critical spirit. And it's hard to get out of. And so <clears throat> we've all been trapped by that from time to time because our circumstances, our struggles, the things in life, we get a little frustrated. And what do we do? We just open our mouth and we begin to get negative. And what we'll, we find is that's not going to transform anything. It doesn't, doesn't at all, does it? It doesn't help. 
And when, matter of fact, we'll even have people tell us that, you know, in your family and friends will just say, would you stop being negative? This is not helping me at all. You ever been there? We've all been there. Other neg- kinds of negative speech, of course, gossip, you know? You know, the Bible talks about how gossip is like a choice morsel, you know, we like to, it's like a piece of filet mignon, boy, it's just, mmm, that was so good, I want to chew on a little extra, you know? And, you know, and you'll notice that when you hear a little bit of, uh, of information about somebody, especially somebody important. I mean, whole magazines and, and a whole part of, of, our, of our entertainment world is based on that alone, tapping into human beings' need for information about someone's life. So we know that gossip is a negative thing. The Bible speaks about that. We'll see that in a minute. Judgment, because a lot of times gossip sets it up. It's like, you know, it sets it up. So when somebody tells you information about someone, then you immediately take a judgment. You immediately say, well, why they do that? And then you make a critical judgment based on what you hear, which may not be based on truth at all, right? Kind of led into that thing. And then, of course, a divisive spirit, a divisive spirit. And that is when we know that what we're saying is causing the separation of close relationships, friendships, Telling one person what another person said about them, not good. It's divisive. And matter of fact, the divisive spirit in the scripture is one of those things that Paul really says he, you know, in a local church needs to be dealt with because of how uh, damaging it can be. So these are types of negative speech that we really need to attack. We need to be aware of. Look at Proverbs 16, verse 28. 28. It says, a perverse person. Now, man, I tell you what, when you, when you start with a verse like that, man, you, you listen up, all right? You just say, whoa, what is a, per- a perverse person? He stirs up conflict, and a gossip separates close friends. We must go and make it right. So in other words, that, you know, in Proverbs, it, it reminds us that, that, that perversity often starts with our tongue, okay? It often tar- starts with our tongue, not just our actions. And yet we, as Christians, we as human beings, we only want to be held accountable for our actions. And, 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 and it's just like the children. If you didn't see it, it didn't happen, right? If you didn't catch me in the act, it didn't happen. But really, it's more about what we're saying. It's more about what we're stirring up with our mouth that is really what sets us up for the actions. And so here's a couple of things about stirring up conflict, stirring up divisiveness. Not a good thing. Not a not a good thing. So we got to go and make it right. So and we'll, get, we'll get to that, all right? And then so let's keep moving on. we got to avoid a commentary on a person's motives. If you haven't spoken to that person, then you do not know their heart. And that, that's the real temptation is we want to comment on what we think a person's heart is. You ever been there? Yeah, we all have, because we judge people based on what we see, not necessarily their heart. See, that's where racism comes from. That's where all kinds of divisive spirits and uh, you know, prejudices come from. We prejudge. That's what prejudice means, by the way, prejudge. So in other words, we judge a person based on just their physical appearance, We judge them based on what maybe their actions are. But until we talk to them, do we not know their heart? And so to get to them, and and you know what? I've had people over the years, and I I really appreciate that. When my leaders, when other people come to me and say, David, can I know your heart? Because 
you know, when you did this, it made me wonder, what, what's your, what are you up to? And a lot of times what we do, rather than to take the time to go and speak to that person and say, you know, why did you do that? And why are you doing that? Let's take, for instance, trunk or treat. Okay, let's just take that. I haven't thought this through, but I'm going to just throw it out there. Trunk or treat. You know, somebody could just say, look at them, they're celebrating Halloween. What a bunch of evil pagan Christians, you know? When, if you understand, our point is, look, and I'm going to, I'm going to say this in, the, in, in, in terms that I've, I don't think I've said very often. And I don't know where you stand on Halloween, but I'm just going to tell you my heart on the deal. If the enemy of our soul, Satan, is going to tempt people to go out and dress up like demons and spirits and go house to house, rather than me to go hide in an inner room, I'd rather take it head on. And as they walk up to me, show them a track about Jesus Christ. And to say, look, you might do what you do on October 31st, but November 1st is coming. Okay? That day's done. The rest of the year is not going to be celebrating darkness. It's going to be celebrating reality. <laughs> and it's going to be a wake-up call to say, okay, what are you going to do now? And so we want to put into their hands the solution for what you do now. And that is our beloved Savior, Savior Jesus Christ, who we sang about this morning. Amen? So when it comes to those kind of things, we might be able to prejudge that, but man, when you know a person's heart, you can go, oh. No, I don't know if you got an aha moment when you heard me talk about that. Hope you did. But that's what, why we do that. Because you know what? Look, the church is here to attack and destroy darkness. Yeah. All right? We're not here just holding on until Jesus comes again. We are called in Jesus' name. All right? To lay hands on the sick. Cast out demons. Lead people to Jesus Christ. That's what we're supposed to be doing. This is just celebration time. Getting all filled up, getting fired up, and then going out. Okay? And we need to do that more, a whole lot more, okay? And you help us do that, and we help train you to do it. So be careful of judging people's motives. That's just one example. You can think of a lot of co-workers, family members. We often get locked in. So we've got to watch our mouth because it'll be tempted to start saying things that may not be true, and then that affects the spirit. We'll get into that. Romans 14, vote 4 says, Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To his own master he stands or falls. And he will stand, for the Lord is able to make him stand. Wow, that, that's a good piece of advice there. As a pastor, you know, I see a lot of people struggling lives. I see a lot of s- struggle. But one thing I have learned after watching that, after years, after years, after years, is to say, you know what? <laughs> God can do anything with his kids. They may be just sitting there, they're struggling, and all of a sudden, boom, they come right out of it. Next thing you know, their life is going well. They're, 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 God is blessing them. Open doors are coming. So we can't sit there and say, oh, man, well, they're doomed. Yeah, they're doomed. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they die in the next year, you know, some wasting disease. Well, that's wrong. He says here, they are God's servant, and God is able to make them stand, okay? So when I hear people criticizing and doing that kind of thing, especially Christians, not good. Because what we're doing is we're really aiding the enemy's camp, okay? And that's, I don't think we want to be lined up with that. There's a spoken curse, okay? So we talk about negative speech. Let's talk about speaking curses. Because see, uh, Proverbs 26, verse 2, it talks about this, that an undeserved curse will not light, but it comes on the giver instead. That is a verse, when I heard it for the first time, it made a chill go down my spine because of its power and its truth. So when we speak things that like, for example, to call a person an idiot or call him a moron or call him a fool 
call them stupid, ignorant, lazy, ugly, evil. We use our mouth to curse. And essentially, what it says is, if, if we're cursing people that God loves, which is really every human being, then it says that that curse is spoken by us. Now, you can do a study on this more and more. I mean, I, I can do a comprehensive study, but the power of speech is amazing. It started with God. Because he said, in the beginning, God said, let there be light. And he gave us, and since we're made in his image, we also have the power of speech. The creative power of our speech is amazing. When you hang around a person who's positive and is speaking positive words all the time, there's an energy that is released, an energy that that is very human, and what we will find ourselves as human beings will be attracted to that. We want to hang around with that person. I remember when I first showed up to Manna years ago, I was looking and I was hanging around with different men and different leaders, and then I ran into this guy <clears throat> named Michael Fletcher. And this guy <clears throat> was full of confidence and full of faith. He was positive all the time. I mean, I would bring up a problem. He'd say, oh, man, you know, God can fix that. I mean, there's no problem with it. I was just like, I like hanging around you, man, because you lift my spirit up. You, when I'm around you, I feel full. I feel like encouraged. I, I feel more. I, he has a gift of faith. And when you hang around a person with a gift of faith, it transfers. But if that is true, the opposite of that is the converse of that statement is also true. When we speak negative things, there's an energy that's released there too. It's kind of a vacuum, if you will. <clears throat> get drawn into that. It can discourage people. It can bring them down. It can affect their self-image. And depending on the kind of relationship you have with that person, that, 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 is, that speech is amplified through relationship. So just coming up to a stranger, you can say one thing. That's going to have a ne- negative impact. But if you put the loudspeaker of relationship, husband, wife, your children, friends, believers who share the same vision and goal together, when we speak negative things, there's an amplification to that that releases In this case, it can be a curse. Jesus exemplified this, by the way. Jesus spoke to a fig tree. And he said, let me show you how this works. And he said, be dried up. And they went away and they came back. It was dried up. Why would he show that to his disciples? Other than to show, guys, your language is powerful. Be very careful. Do not speak curses over people understand that. Now, here's the the kicker on this, is that when that thing is spoken and you speak that over a person, it says that it'll come back upon the giver instead. So really, we're doing what? Cursing ourselves. Not a good idea, man. Not a good idea. Number three, other negative uh, or other kinds of speech that that the the tongue uh, is, is involved in. Too many words. You know, we talked about gossip, but also speculation. Colossians 4, 6. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. I know I used the King James there, but... Um, and then Proverbs ten nineteen: When words are many, sin is not absent, but he who holds his tongue is wise. When it comes to speech, sometimes it's really simple. <laughs> Just don't say what you're thinking. Because sometimes in your heart it does come up and you want to make a comment. You want to say something. And you just, what do they call it? You bite your tongue. 
you know, you, you, you swallow it back, you do things like that. You know what? That is one of the most spiritual things a Christian can do. You say, what? Yeah. Can I say it a little more bluntly? Shut up. Be quiet. Now, we don't use that word in our family. You know, we don't. But sometimes you just got to grab somebody and say, look, you need to just be quiet. Because your words are, are like little minefields that you're setting out there in a person's life and all the kind of relationships. And people are walking up on that thing, and boom, it's blowing them up. It's blowing up in their face. It's blowing up, and it, and it confuses people, especially when new people come to a, a church, and, and the first one they meet is you at the door who want to just make sure they understand everything that's going on in the local body and who is really, you know, to, you want to give a commentary on why everybody does what they do. Well, that's no good, because then what you do is it cause that person to struggle and sometimes fall. You know, we've probably all had that happen before. One time, uh, somebody made uh, in the community somebody that that I knew and Andrea and I had personally shared our lives with. They made a comment about one of our extended family members, and it got back to us, and it was like, wow. I mean, that was just like a slug in the gut, man, slug in the gut, because it's like. First of all, they don't know anything about the situation. And why would they say something to, you know, to a complete stranger, who it turned out to be? It was just somebody that was working on their house, and they just, right, just let it out. And that caused that person to not want to come to, to Valley Community Church. And eventually we got to them and just say, we have no idea what they're talking about. And why would they even comment about an extended family member who they've never met or don't know or anything? I mean, think about your own life. We all have people in our lives that are struggling, don't we? My gosh, my family is a, is, is a veritable smorgasbord of, you know, of people battling and struggling to find the peace of God. We're all live, we all live there. So what's the point of us even talking about all those details? To our master... They stand or fall. So if we're going to do anything, just pray. Just say, Lord, bless them. Just bless them. All right, so too many words. Rash words. Number four, rash speech. Not giving thought to your speech. So it's, it's really kind of working together, but boastful speech. In James chapter 4, verse 13, it talks about that. You know, being very careful not to judge another person. But, but what we talk about is, we talk about too many words, but rash it may be that you've spoken it through, but sometimes in Ecclesiastes 5, 2, this really applies. Do not be quick with your mouth. Do not be hasty in your heart to utter anything before God. God is in heaven. You are on earth. So let your words be few. Sometimes we say things we don't mean only to regret it later. I found this to be true. Man, and if I've learned this the hard way, is being in my position as a pastor and as a father, sometimes you think you've got it figured out. I've been doing this for 30 some odd years and pride can still creep into your heart and you say well I've been doing this for 30 years man I know a lot about God and God's thinking you don't know nothing yet boy and yet in my heart I think I've got certain things figured out and so I will make a conclusion I will you know utter my words before taking time to think it through only to find later God is not there backing me up (laughs) God is just saying "Uh, yeah well those were your words not mine I mean you know Sorry, David. Once again, you know, a rashness of conclusion or judgment can really set us up for some, you know, some hard things. So the Bible tells us that all negative kinds of speech can get us off track and even lead to greater struggle because it talks about it being let on fire by hell. That's strong language, okay? 
That's strong language, and we should catch that. I don't think we want anything to do with hell. How about you? I mean, I don't want any interactions with hell. I don't want it feeding my life in any way, shape, or form. And through our speech is how that happens, okay? So let's talk about a solution. How do we avoid that? Number one, remember the power of the tongue. Pure and simple. Proverbs 18, 21, the tongue has the power of life and death. And so we need to remember, right? We need to remember. It's like getting up in the morning. It's like brushing your teeth. It's like, you know, working out. It's like going for that walk at night. It's like making sure you're eating the right foods. It's, it's like so many other little disciplines, disciplines in our life that we want to add to our life that bring us what? Health. Remembering to watch what we say is as important, if not more important, than any other thing you do in your life to care for your own spirit, soul, and body. So, I mean, and and I'm just telling you, this is so critical to our spirit and its health and our soul and our body. Because I'll tell you what, when you're speaking blessings, so somebody cuts you off in traffic, somebody does something to you that you consider unkind or even judgmental and it comes back to you or you're in a situation where you know you've been watching too many uh presidential debates or you've been you're getting yourself all stirred up and you're going through the news and you're you know you're just all, ah, you're just all riled up and you want to that negativity is just ready to start pouring out of you remember the power of the tongue remember don't speak those things when people do negative things to me and, and it's, you know, I used to tell people that one of, the, the, one of the more common words, if we're talking on the phone or if I write you a letter, I'm almost always finish it with bless you, blessing, bless you, bless you, bless all of you. May the blessings of the Lord be upon you. Why do I do that? I understand the power of the tongue. And number two, I'm sowing a lot of seeds. The Bible talks about how the curse, if I speak it, if it doesn't light, it comes back on the giver instead. If I bless someone who is undeserving of a blessing, guess who gets it, baby? Me. That's right. So if you treat me unkindly or you, you, know, you do something, if somebody does that, I'll just say, Lord, just bless them. Woo. That goes out. God says, I'm trying to bless them. Well, they're unblessable. Comes back on me. Now, that may seem kind of selfish, but actually the truth is if they are blessable, well, they get it. And the blessing for me is always really avoiding speaking a curse. So blessing, blessing, blessing. Man, let that be what comes out of your mouth, man. Instead of saying blanket, say bless it, right? You understand what I'm saying. Fill in the blank. Fill in the blank. Don't do that. Speak blessings, especially in people, okay? And, and, well, I won't get into inanimate objects, but don't do that either, all right? Practice positive speech. Speak positive words. Bless people. Speak faith over them. Go beyond just saying bless them. Take a moment. And, and I tell you what, we all have enemies. I mean, they're not really enemies, but you know, they're people that you can tell they don't really like you and they kind of get in your way and they're critical of you. You know, instead of, you know, sitting there and talking about them and, and giving them one for one, their negativity toward you, just take some, when it comes to mind, or if, you know, if it's a coworker or something like that, rather than get into all that mish, um, you know, mishmash, just say, Lord, I ask you to bless them today. Bless them in Jesus' name. I ask you to bless their marriage. I ask you to bless their kids. I ask you to bless their finances. Bless them, Lord, from beginning to end. You see how long that took to do? Hardly any time at all. Um, it makes me a part of the kingdom of God. 
I'm actually, and you may actually be blessing people who've never been prayed for. Good stuff. God likes that, by the way. Number three, speak only what is edifying or uplifting. If you're in a relationship, you're talking to people. Try, when it talks about this power of speech, you know, sometimes close friends, you know, especially with marriage, Andrea and I, you know, when we go for our walks, you know, we're tempted to just want to say, okay, let's just go over all the bad things that have happened in the last 24 hours. Let's just get it all out there. You know, sometimes you have to do that is what's going on. But sometimes we, have, we help each other. And I'll just say, honey, let's not talk about that. Or Andy will say to me, I don't want to get into that. And I know it's all code for, let's not go negative on this. Let's shut this down right now. Let's make the rest of our walk a time of prayer. And you know what? When you got nothing else good to say, just pray. <laughs> just pray, man. You know, I mean, because you're just like, and sometimes we'll be in the middle of our walk and we're just like, yeah, man, it's been a rough day. Nothing has gone well. What else are we going to talk about? Let's just pray, you know? Or be silent. Prayer's better. But sometimes, you know, just don't let yourself go that way. You know, sometimes, now I'm not going to be unrealistic. Sometimes you do have to talk about what is negative, right? You have to get it out. You have to talk about what's going on. So we're not, we're not saying, so guys out there, you don't need to say to your wife, honey, let's not talk about all the negative things. Just because I didn't take the garbage out tonight does not mean we need to discuss this. Pastor talked about blessings and curses. Just bless. No, 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 no. Not talking about that. Don't, don't misuse that. We do have to talk about the things and, and work through difficulties. But when it's all said and done, let's bless it. Let's speak about these things in the most positive of terms, understanding what our tongue can do. Thirdly, again, so speaking, in Romans 14, 19, let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. Okay? Working toward peace. Man, I tell you what, if the world lived by this, Wow, would we have a different world? Okay, let's do, let's work together towards the goal of peace. But sometimes, man, when you appeal to somebody and you're saying, look, can we just, can we, can we just end this thing on peace? And it's like, no, I want, I mean, I'm going to make sure you suffer. When a vindictive spirit, you're dealing with that, or an envious or a jealous spirit, it's very difficult. And there's sometimes you just got to say, look, I, I can't talk anymore. I just want to pray for you, and that's the best I can do. But speak what is leads to edification, building someone up, always thinking in terms of a solution rather than just stomping, grinding, amplifying what the problem is. Number four, chart a new direction by speaking what begins in faith. So we talked about prayer, and one of the things that we can do that, that goes beyond that is working scripture into our speech, okay? The Bible is absolutely just full of promises, prayers. There are, it's just full of language. I mean, it is a language book, and it's meant to really uh, uh, affect our speech and what we say and how we say it. You know, we would all do so much better if what we did was begin our day with promises, and we'd end our day with promises, and that we would coat our life and let it let, let, let faith and encouragement exude out of us. Because the truth is, by speaking that which is negative and commenting on darkness, on what the enemy has done and what we fear he is going to do, is only going to make that a possibility. You see? Faith and fear are juxtaposed. Okay? Fear invites what the darkness can do. Faith 
invites what the kingdom of God will do. So when we give in to that fear and we're talking about what could happen, see, most of us spend most of our life shadow boxing with the unknown. Have you been there? I've been there. You know, you get a bill in the mail. Well, where am I going to get this? And all of a sudden, the spiral out of control, you know, of the struggle. And then, and of course, we can't see anything. Well, you're not going to see anything through these human eyes or with this human heart. We've got to go to the kingdom. We've got to go to the spirit. We've got to go to the one who owns the cattle on a thousand hills and to say, Lord, uh, I just got a, a letter in the mail and it was addressed to you. <laughs> this is a bill. It's yours. So I just need you to take that up, all right? Now, that may seem silly, but if you think of your, your finances in those terms, then you're doing the right thing. You're living the right way. You're understanding who is the giver, who is the one who supplies all your needs according to his riches in glory. All right, so chart a new direction. So if you're finding yourself this morning, you're just like, man, we, honey, we're li- we are living out in there. We do say too many negative things, and and maybe you are struggling with some things right, right now, then look, you, it's never too late to start by just starting to speak positive things and put, put that little guard on your mouth, right? Be careful, little mouth, what did you say, right? The song goes. I mean, yeah, to just sometimes, you know, to just literally say, you know, no, I, I, I can't speak that. Physically put your hand on your mouth. Chart a new course, man, and begin, you know, so... What is good is saying nothing. What is better is speaking faith. What is good is saying nothing. What is best is speaking faith. If you're going to open your mouth, let it be kingdom things. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. There's not a single obstacle, struggle, or battle that is facing me that God has not already had a solution for in somebody else's life a thousand times over. He can do this in my life and in my family's life. Many more promises that I've got in verses there for you. Number five, make your declarations in Jesus' name. Matthew 16, 19. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. This Paul, I'm sorry, this is Jesus speaking to Peter and basically saying, look, let me, and, and over and over again, Jesus did this. He said, look, guys, there is a power in your prayer. There is a power when you align yourself up with the kingdom of God. Unfortunately, too many times we align ourselves with the kingdom of darkness, and we don't even know it. And one of those ways is the negative speech, okay? And no one lives outside that. You can't say, well, I, you know, I've, I haven't seen that much. You don't realize how much darkness can be invited into your life as a result of speaking negative things. The destruction of relationships, the broken opportunities for promotion because you speak too much, the, 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 the shutdown of blessing into your life because God is trying to sort through all the negativity to find a place where he can bless you. So here's God saying, look, <laughs> if you want to bind something, If something dark is happening around you, I'm telling you, go to the spirit realm. Bind it in the heavens so that it will be affected on the earth. You want something to be loosed, blessing to be poured out into someone's life? Then ask God to do it in the heavens and then ask God to do it on the earth. You see, that's how it works. Jesus, over and over again, Jesus opened it up to his disciples to say, guys, look, I'm I'm from heaven. I'm the son of God. I am God. And so I'm telling you 
how it works. Tap into what is reality there, and it will affect your reality here. That is kingdom, okay? So as we finish here this morning, the truth is the direction of our life often goes where we steer it with our speech, okay? We have to remember that. If you want to chart a new course for your life, it begins with speaking blessings and not curses. Think of your tongue as the rudder for your life and steer it toward faith, hope, and love. Amen? We can do that. We certainly can. But more than that, what we want to do is, is, as we finish here, is we want to pray. We want to pray and ask God to help us. Because, you know, this thing sometimes I tend toward as a teacher to think in terms of knowledge and wisdom and feeling like those are the only solution. And that's not true. They're just setting the table. But the truth is this, that God wants to get all that, that truth and all of that, that, that power inside us, but it, it, is, it is enacted, it is activated, if you will, by the Holy Spirit through a hungry soul. You can know things. But until you cry out to God and ask the Holy Spirit to come into you and bring these truths into reality, to take our weak little David stone and we just throw it and it's the spirit of God that drives it into the forehead of the giant. Because see, that's what took place there, okay? And so that's what we need to do here. As we finish, as we pray over this, I don't want us to just have more knowledge. What we need to do is ask the Holy Spirit to come and say, would you please help us with our tongue? Help us to be, speak blessing. Remind us. Take the truths that we've learned today, inculcate them, put them into our heart and our mind so that, man, that's the first thing we think of rather than the last thing that we think of. Amen? Is that what you want today? I know it's what I need, so let's stand up this morning.